This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Of the standard is the standard. And if you look to my right, I think it's my right. I think it's screen right, my left. I always get that messed up. Yeah, I think it is. I think I'm on the right side of the screen. Yeah, I think you're on the right side. We got Brian Anthony Davis, a.k.a. Who's bad? What's up, bad? Welcome to the show. I am proud to be on the gold standard. I'm so glad to be here. I've uh, We have never, we've uh, joined together on Yeah, I Said It, but we've never joined together on this show. So I'm so proud to be here. Thank you for having me. Also want to give a big shout out to the editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. No longer Deputy Dave, but just head honcho, big, 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 big Dave, Dave Schofield. And also want to give a big shout out to Big Bro Sco and Tony Defio. And everybody does a fantastic job on the website bringing you great Steeler content and for bringing you great Steeler podcasts. Brian, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling fantastic. It was a beautiful day here in Maryland. So before we jump into the program, make sure you like the program. As always, that is a way to support the program. You can hit us with a super chat. We want to welcome everybody who's on the show right now. You know, with the super chats, if you hit us with a super chat, your question pops to the top of the screen. We don't necessarily promote the super chats. We just, if you feel the kindness and the space in the room of your heart to do that, and you want us to give us a super chat, please do. I think, Brian, the way it's set up, I think you will see the super chat. Am I correct? Yeah, I will be taking care of that. And that's one of the reasons we have these. And that's how we do some giveaways and give some stuff back to you. We had some fantastic giveaways last year. Um, it's uh, it's keeps the show going, and we do appreciate it. But all of your comments, whether they're super chat or they're not, we just love to have you aboard. So thank you so much. Before I jump into the program, and the title of this program is simply, does having Steeler fans at games impact wins and losses? I thought this was an interesting topic myself, because right now it's kind of slow. There are a couple of big stories floating around with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to jump into a couple of those. One of those is about camp being moved from St. Vincent's College. We'll talk about that. And we're going to talk about this question of does having Steeler fans at games impact wins and losses? Before I do that, I do want to send my condolences out to the family of George Floyd. I do want to send my best and my wishes and prayers and thoughts to his family, to his children, to anyone he's left behind. I think he was he was absolutely murdered. In my opinion, he died tragically. So I want to send my thoughts and prayers to his family. I do want to say that Black Lives Matter. 
my life matters. And so hopefully as a country, we can come together and rally around this event and, and bring a stop to police brutality and, and, and just its heinous nature. So again, hopefully everybody out there is being safe. Um, you're being safe and you're protecting yourself from COVID-19 as well as being safe because the country is in a in, in, in a very interesting place. There is a lot of civil unrest out there. A lot of people are upset and angry. So make sure you stay safe. Um, if you want to be an ally uh, to George Floyd's uh, family, figure out a, a positive, safe way to do that. And again, I want to dedicate this program to his family and also want to send thoughts and prayers to his family. So how's it been in, in terms of everything in your in your neck of the woods, bad in terms of um protesting and everything. I know it's been, we, we're under a curfew where I live. I think it's been pretty active where I live. How's everything going um, in your neck of the woods? Have you been able to stay safe? Everything okay? Yes, we've had some peaceful protest here. And uh, for me, it's, uh, you know what? Uh, it's one of those things that uh, we need to love each other. And we, and one thing that I love about our live chat and everybody we have here is the fact that we gather for one reason because we're gathering for fans of the being fans of the pittsburgh steelers but as far as on a global scale and in this nation i would love to see it and i crave to see it to a point where we are on one team as well not just because of the steelers but we're on one team and it's called team usa and team humanity so that's what i'm hoping we get back to it's a very difficult time we all walk down being different races being different creeds we walk down the street in different ways and we're viewed in different ways and that's not what it's supposed to be but what it's supposed to be is hand in hand with our brothers and sisters and and being all as one so that's what i like to get back to um i know it is a very it is a very trying time in america we've had a crazy 2020 and when i say crazy it's just been lots of things have been thrown at us and it's a very serious issue but everything we need to get back to basics and get back to love and respect for one another. And that's what I hope we can get humanity back in order. So thank you for bringing that up. Um, let's talk some Steelers. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, when we when, when issues like this come up, some people are going to feel uncomfortable and that's fine. And, uh, you know, we've had some I'm looking at the live chat. A couple of people have checked out, but that's OK. You know, we're going to always bring you Steeler football, but, you know, this issue is pretty large. And I think we would be remiss um, if we did not bring it up. But let's jump into the first topic of the show. What are your feelings about camp being moved from St. Vincent College? You know, camp at St. Vincent College is for the fans. Uh, I would imagine that if you're a player, you're fine with it. You're not. Um, I'm sure. I don't know if Max has ever told stories about being at uh, St. Vincent, but gosh, they're in tight dorms. And that's not the that's not the best living um, that entire summer. Um, and they are in a fishbowl there, too. So they have an opportunity to be practicing at their facility, getting down to business and as far as everything goes, you know, I know that it's a tradition. They've been there since 1966 or 1967. Um, but for me, it's it's just all about football. This is something that the fans enjoy, and it's but I'm sure the players 
would rather just be as close to normal as possible. So it's probably a reprieve for them. If, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to be 100. I'm going to keep it 100 with y'all. I'm always going to keep it real with y'all. I've been to camp. You said you, we were talking off air. You went to camp. You said when Rod Woodson was a rookie. Yeah. Yeah. And he wasn't even there because he was holding out. So Delton Hall was the prized rookie at that time, but they were excited because I remember somebody talking, Hey, the last time, some a team picked two corners in the first round. They went and won the Super Bowl, and that was the San Francisco 49ers of 81. So um that's everybody was excited. That didn't happen. That was actually a strike year as well. But I remember being there, and I remember being there in 1981 with my family. My my mom and dad and sister, we all went there together. And it was for me, it was as much as I loved this the Steelers, it was torture because you were just like packed in this line and just trying to throw out, uh, get autographs, but I got a Cliff Stout art autograph and I was 10. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cliff Stout. <laughs> Cliff Stout. Stout, bro. Uh, Cliff was what, number 18? 18. Cliff Stout. Wow. I mean, your experience sounds better than mine. I went with my brother and I went in 94. I went the same year that uh, the U.S. Open was at Oakmont and it was especially hot. At camp, it had to be close to 98, 99 degrees, humidity out the yin yang. I mean, it was just uncomfortable. I mean, it was hotter than Hades in Latrobe. And it just was a ton of people. It was really hot. I mean, they kept having breaks for water. I mean, you didn't see much because it was a ton of people. It was super hot, it was super uncomfortable. So, me and my brother drove out there from Pittsburgh from the north side and if you're familiar with pittsburgh and the north side or just pittsburgh area you know the humidity in pittsburgh in the summer it is unbearable and it, it was just really uncomfortable and when you couple that with all the people and the limited activity and it's really a crap shoot on the day that you go and if you go out to lay trope it'll probably rain half the time because it's just <laughs> so humid it'll just rain on you it's really for kids. You don't really get any football stuff out of it. If you're a media member, it's kind of more for that. But it wasn't an enjoyable experience. And um, given COVID-19, given the importance of social distancing, you know, I'm not sure because I'm not in Pennsylvania. I don't know what the requirement is around masks. It just doesn't feel safe. And it's not really entertaining. If you're a fan that has not been to camp, if you don't go this year, just go next year. You're really not missing anything. And to some extent, you know, I don't know how you feel bad, but I mean, I, I like the in-home experience of consuming football better than being live at the games anyway. And, and I think that's a great segue into the main topic of the program. Does having fans at games impact wins and losses? Because I think in the context of COVID-19, I think there is a discussion that is going to be had as we get towards the start of the season. Will there be fans in the stands? So I want to just throw it out in general to you, Bad. Let me ask the question to you. Does having fans at games impact wins and losses and let me frame it this way and tell me if you disagree or not or do you gamble on football bad 
Not very often. I I got myself in a little bit of chaos when I was in college, and I I pretty much <laughs> stayed away from it. But I mean, I'm not afraid to uh, gamble for like a small change. But I I don't do much anymore. If I'm in Vegas and I'm having fun, I mean, I'll we'll do a parlay and do something like that. But you know, not too much anymore because you know wife and kids and i don't want to lose the house <laughs> i don't want you to divulge or incriminate yourself because knowing you bad you did not tell all the details and i don't oh. want you to, to i don't want you to divulge some details and the wife finds out some of the things you did on the podcast <laughs> Actually, she knows all that stuff. I'm a, uh, I'm very transparent. She, uh, she knows about my wild days, and uh, but you know what? I could still remember the game that got me in trouble, and my dad um, had a talk with me because I figured that all right, I can go ahead and make this back. But Bob Whitfield, Whitfield, who was a, a he was tackle for the Atlanta Falcons. For the Atlanta Falcons. Yes. It was, I mean, the over was tremendous. The over was so high. And the Atlanta Falcons were about to put it into the over. And he got called for a holding. And then they just like, uh, then they didn't get in. And I lost, I lost about 200, 200 beans on it back then. It was a Monday night. And I, I'd like to say 1991 or 92. And it was just, I was just like, oh. So uh, it was 92, actually. And I was just really depressed. And I really didn't do much after that. So we can call you. So you got a new nickname on the show. We can call you Bad Schleister. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually get that reference. Former Ohio State and yes. uh, Indianapolis Colt, Arch Schleister. Yeah, Arch that, Schleister. Nah, I was, uh, like I said, it was small change. I learned my lesson quick. Um, but... I have a very addictive personality. That's one of the reasons that uh, I really don't drink. I really don't do anything but eat, and I'm addicted to food. <laughs> so food um, that's what gets me food. in trouble. So well, the A1C is high, but uh, the uh, the BAC is low. <laughs> well, you know, bad, bad. I'm just going to confess. Bad knocked a zero off. It wasn't two beans. It was put another zero on the end and it was 2000 beans. Oh no, I, I didn't have that much. Plus <laughs> <laughs> anyway, boys don't make that much money in 1990. <laughs> so let's get back to the general question. And then I want to break it down a little bit more. Does having fans, having Steeler fans at games impact wins and losses in general for you? This is hard for me. And the reason it's hard for me, because I could, I could put pros and I could put cons. I could put stuff in this category and stuff in this category. The bottom line for me though, Lance, is the fact that if a team is good, then they should, they should be good no matter where they are. And we know this because it's a neutral field and it's about 50, 50 in the Super Bowl. So the cream rises to the, the the top in that situation. Now, as as the Steelers, you've got a lot of factors. Um, I know those towels come into play, gets them fired up. I know Renegade get, comes into play, but now Renegade is firing up the other team now too because the other teams here they're like, <laughs> yeah, Renegade. <laughs> so so th there's a lot to look at it. Um, it is so amazing because they do get hyped up because one of my favorite things when I'm at the game 
they they do the introductions. Then the rest of the team comes storming out of the tunnel, and they're they're running into the end zone, and the towels are waving, and they're cheering the fans on to get them all hyped up, and it's electric, and you could actually feel it because why do teams do a silent count? Why are teams doing a lot of things? And the other thing that about being the visiting team that will not be taken away is this. You're not traveling. I could honestly tell you that uh, I was thinking about this during what we call the Immaculate Extension from 2016, the Christmas night game with the right. Ravens right, and the uh, Steelers. Steelers were at home, right? They're at home. Baltimore's on the road for the holidays. They're traveling during all that. The Steeler fans had more normalcy. I mean, the Steeler players had more normalcy that game. So that might be it. Home field advantage to me is bigger because of the traveling factor. But I think if you are a top team, probably shouldn't matter. So I'm going to say it's not going to affect it as much. See, I'm with you there. And I'm glad you brought up those points about normalcy, the travel, crowd noise, because those were elements that I thought after I thought about it initially i was like you know home field advantage it is what it is it's hard to quantify so i just kind of you know just rushed it to the side and said if you're good you're good you don't need any advantage your advantage is that you're better right you're better coached you have better schemes you have better personnel you're just better vegas agrees with you bad and agrees with me now because i agree that there is something to home field advantage in general in general vegas thinks of home field advantage uh, as roughly two and a half to three points. Yes. So you'll get a minus three if you're a home favorite, right? You'll have to give three points to somebody if you're betting with the spread. Now, I don't want to go get into bad schlichter. I don't want bad to, <laughs> to, to bad gambling horns to come out. I don't want to put you back into gambling, into a gambling program, bad. I don't want to bring, I don't want to make I you get bad again. I think I think I'll be safe, but thank okay. you. I appreciate it. I don't that. want you to be bad again. <laughs> so you talked about crowd noise, home comforts, we'll say logistics, um, offside calls, penalties. Of those three points, how much of those three points would you associate to fans? We're talking about three points. You get three points as a favorite at home, and, and you rarely see home dogs in the mm -hmm. NFL. You know, if you you know, you might see a you know, if you're a one point favorite, it's basically they think that the visiting team is better than you on a neutral field and at home. You, you know, you rarely get home dogs in the NFL. Of that three points, how much do you think can be attributed to fans? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, let's break down home field advantage. So we already talked about the travel. Let's put one point on the travel. Lance, do you agree with that? 
I'm going to say a point on travel. I'm going to okay. say a point to travel. Let's go a point on travel. The fans, let's go ahead and put a – what do you do? Do you put a another point on the fans? See, that's my question for you. How much do you attribute to the fans? I, I'm – I'm giving the fans a half point. Okay, I would probably give them one more point. So you're going to give fans uh, a point? A t- Are you- total of one point. Because so I'm give- not sure. Sorry, I stepped on you. I'm not sure where the other point comes from, though. You mentioned so the you- refs, but... So if you give fans... Let's, let's say, because I was, I, was, I, was, um, I was talking to Max, and his thought is, when you're on the road you average about two and a half to three more penalties a game. And so is that worth a point? Is that worth um, compromising an offense and their ability to audible, forcing an offense to have to use a silent count? Um, is, is that worth a point? Is that where you, is that where you're attributing the point to? Well, let's go back to 2013 and the Pittsburgh Pirates in the famous wild card game against Cincinnati, Johnny Cueto. Yes. When they, they were chanting Cueto, Cueto, they got in his head. Now, a lot of, I mean, you're not going to get into everybody's head. But, you know, I think the fans definitely had something to do with it. I think, I think being at home, I think not traveling like we, we talked about. I think the fact that you have crowd noise, you have those gold towels are waving and, and they do something because those fans, I mean, the Steelers love their fans. They really do. And they talk about the fans. Um, I, I feel they talk about their fans more than I hear. Uh, I hear other teams talking about their fans because those are, it's a rabid fun bunch. that's very loyal to their team to, well, to an extent, but, when they're fired up and they feel that they they're behind them, they feel like they could move mountains a little bit more. And that's, that's a lot of adrenaline. So I think you get adrenaline, you get more adrenaline from the home fans. So let's give it a point. See, I, I, I'm going to push back. I'm going to push back a little bit. And I pushed back on my brother a little bit when we were talking I love it. about it. And that's why I'm going to give home field. I'm going to give fans a half point. I, I think the inability to audible, to being able to change a play late in the play clock and not being able to communicate with offensive linemen and it kind of interrupting the snap count and so on and so forth and you being able to fire off and the silent count getting messed up. I, I think that really impacts offense, that you really have to be a lot more vanilla than you could be in your own building. You can't get the checks in. It's hard to do stuff like that. And if you're in New England, you'd be messing with the audible, the, the audio system anyway. You'd be turning off <laughs> headphones and stuff like that anyway if you were in New England. So I'm, I'm going to give fans half a point. I fire think alarms at 3 a.m. Like fire James alarms Hill, at 3 a.m. Exactly. So that puts <laughs> us at a point and a half. I'm going to give fans a half point. I'm going to give Renegade a quarter of that half point. Because people are getting on me because Renegade is worth a point. I'm going to give Renegade 0.25 and the fans 0.25. So I'm even reducing the fans' contribution even more to a quarter of a point. And so I'm giving Renegade a quarter of a point. Wait, 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 Lance. You're giving, oh, mama. You're only only giving that 0.25? 
Oh, yes, because oh, that's, 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 yeah, I'm giving Renegade point two five. It goes crazy when Renegade comes on. Yes, I, I, I'm giving it point two five because okay, Artie so- Burns is worth, when the, <laughs> I'm not going to rip Artie Burns, but I'm going to, I'm going to give Renegade point two five. I'm going to give the fans point two five. And so the home field advantage for the Steelers is point two five. I think travel is a bigger impact, particularly if you have to travel time zones. And it's well chronicled when you go from the West Coast to the East Coast and you have to play that 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 early game in the East. I think that's what it is, right? You have to play, you got to go West to that travel, that 3,000-mile travel trip is pretty hard when you go to the Eastern time zone to try to play that game because the clock, I'm, I think I'm right, correct me if I'm wrong, like your your body clock is off. Oh, it's off. And it really impacts teams from the West Coast coming east to try to win those games. Like if you're and it's equally probably hard for, you know, an East Coast team going to Seattle to go play that far west game because of the travel dehydration on the plane, you know, short, you know, it shortens the week of preparation. I think of those three points. I'm giving travel one and a half points. Okay. I might give travel actually two points. Shortens your preparation week. It rushes everything. And it's just you don't have your home comforts. You've got to rehab. You got to do certain stuff on the plane. You got to prep on the plane. It's just, it's just really hard. The logistics part of it is travel. I'm giving travel two points. I'm giving, so that's two points for travel. I'm giving fans. I'll give fans a half point I, and I'll give and I'll give renegade a half point And that's how I'll get to my three points. I think you're underestimating the uh, power of the fans. I really think that uh, I'm, I'm giving them a little more uh, renegade is to me. Renegade is in with the fans. You know, that's a part of the fan. There you go. Oh, mama. Yeah, I mean, I probably know two lyrics of Renegade because typically when Renegade <laughs> is on, I'm getting a hot dog. Long arm of the law. Now, one of a there's a great video from about four years ago. Arthur Motes put it on. Uh, it was in the summer. I think it was after his first season with the Steelers, and they were in a restaurant, and he heard Renegade come on. I I don't know whether they were playing DVE or something and, the, and DVE was playing uh renegade and he started, he started a uh, filming because he was going crazy because he heard renegade. And the only reason he knew renegade was because of uh, the Steeler games and he was psyched up. And this was like June <laughs> at like an Applebee's or something, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was, it was really cool. That kind of stuff means something to the players too. Um, so, you know, I would actually, well, let's put it this way. Do you remember the Los Angeles Charger game? I think it was week six. Um, Doc Hodges was playing. A lot of guys were out. And the uh, the uh, Charger players got really upset because somebody played Renegade at the stadium. <laughs> and they were really mad about it because you were playing a Steeler song there. And I got to tell you, I've been to being in Maryland. Gosh, I hate I hate talking about this. But being in Maryland, every once in a while, if I go to MT, that hole of a stadium, 
um, where the where the Ratbirds play, and I have to go to that game. And every time they score, every time they have a first down, every time J- uh, John Harbaugh farts, they play this darn white stripe song, and it's uh, uh it drives me crazy. And uh, y- you know what I'm uh, Seven Army Nation, I believe it's called. Um, Wayne Harbaugh. Yes, good old Wang Harbs. I mean, so really, they play that, and you're like, oh, stop. And they, but it fires that crowd up, and that crowd fires that team up, and it's just, it's just really crazy. And, and I, I think, I just think you're underestimating the power of the fan experience. Um, they help fuel these guys. So you have three points. So you are giving. So let's break it down. You've got three points to play with. I've given, uh, I think I gave travel two points and I gave fans a point. So how much are you attributing to fans in terms of this three points that you get for home field? How much of that three points are you giving to fans? Well, you know what? I mean, I gave, I gave travel a point. Maybe I give them a point and a half. Maybe I give fans a point and a half. And because I can't really think of uh, of another uh, really another advantage, because I really don't believe in home cooking um, with the refs anymore um, in football as much. Because I will tell you this: Jesse oh, it James, happens in New England. It happens in New yeah, England. <laughs> but Jesse oh, James can attest to the north. fact that there is no home cooking. And uh, the uh, December second of. Uh, 2018, the San Diego Chargers game, when they're jumping off sides like crazy and everything's going on, there is definitely no home cooking. So, and and Ola got no home cooking last year in the game against the Ravens at home. Absolutely. So, you know what? So, I don't agree with home cooking anymore. So, let's split it at a point and a half each. If I'm missing something, you know, please. Please let me know. And what I'm sure about you will. actual home cooking? How important is actual home cooking? Being able to get that 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 hot meal and, and sleep in your own bed. How much is that worth? Yeah, I'm putting that in travel. I think that's a part of the whole travel experience. So let's say the travels half a point. I mean, one point, and the home cooking, being in your own bed, is the other half a point. So with that said, and I'm looking at Dark Storm 1's comment, home field advantage way overestimated in my opinion. So I've got fans at a point and a half. You've got fans, what, at a point bad? Yeah, I'll go uh, I'll go give them uh, – actually, I'm giving them a point and a half now because I don't know okay. where else to put that other point. That so we're other... going a point and a half. And I-, I wanted to go through this exercise in a roundabout way to say – when we did the prediction show, Bad, you had them at what? 12 and 4? 11 and 5? 11 and 5. Right. Now, I have I have the the schedule up and I wanted to add. Now, we have in this discussion because there's no no one knows or no one has a good idea as to whether um there will be fans in the stands, right? We just don't know. Right. That is that that is the unpredictable thing and and the big thing, in my opinion, hanging over the season. I think there definitely will be a season. I think the NFL is moving in that direction. And I think that is definitely going to happen so bad. I'm having a hard time pulling up the 2020 schedule 
So if you could pull it up on your end, um, I have the schedule right here. So, or if you could pull it up, but I have the schedule right here. Google Sheets is um, giving me a little bit of trouble. I might have it memorized, but <laughs> I think I have it memorized, but um, I'll pull it up just to be safe. So you had them at 11 and 5, correct? Yes. And, you know, uh, that's a true knee-jerk reaction the very same day the schedule comes out. So with them, so have you changed, has your thinking changed around the Steelers' schedule? Absolutely not. And I'll tell you why. Because I, I just think I just think this is an 11-5 and five team. And there's games that they're supposed to win that we're absolutely going to say they're going to win, that they're going to lose. And there's games that we aren't giving them a chance. And they are going to go ahead and win. That's something that this team absolutely does. So right now I'm sticking with it. I mean, the the reason that I had them 3 and 1 is I, I definitely like them over the Giants. Second week over the Broncos. Broncos are a much better team. They're a very good team. I still like them. That's their home opener. I really think that uh that they will do well in that game. Let Texans, me pause you I, bad. Let me pause you bad cuz I see where you're going. Of the home games, if they don't have fans and that one-and-a-half-point advantage is gone in those home games, so there's no home cooking, no home field advantage like we've known it to be in the past, like we've talked about in the last 30 minutes. If there are no fans in the stands of the home games, does your predicted result of any of those games change? Let me go through the games. Denver Broncos, no, no. fans in the stand. Are you still picking the Steelers to win that game? Yes, I am. Houston Texans. I'm still picking them to win that game. And I'm going to tell you why when we're done with this. I'll tell you what my formula is. The Philadelphia Eagles. Well, you, oh, okay, we're talking home games. Yeah, Philadelphia we're Eagles? home games. Yes, the Eagles, home games. I still think, I think they could win that game too. Cleveland Browns, of course they beat the Clowns. Yes, yeah. They, they beat the clowns. Let me jump to Cincinnati. Yeah, they're going to beat the Bungles because why? Joe Barrow has little hands. Tiny sandwich grabbers. <laughs> Baltimore Ravens at Heinz Field on Thanksgiving. No, no, no fans in the stands. I, uh, I actually had them winning that game, and I will probably reverse it. I okay, can go ahead so and flip and reverse it. So that's so that's ten and six. Well, actually, yeah, but it, it'll be back to eleven and five because I'm giving them the Tennessee game now. Oh, okay. Let's go. Okay, we'll go to the road games as well because we we should talk both sides of the coin here. Washington Redskins, no fans in the stands, any impact? That's a that's a home game though, right? Yes. Yes, no, no impact. And let me get to the last home game of the season would be the Indianapolis Colts. No fans in the stand, no home field advantage because of no fans or part of it because of no fans. Does that change your result of how you predicted that game? It just depends how they do with against Old Man Rivers. Sometimes they, they beat them up. Other times they can't. I mean, uh, he'll come back and beat him at the end. 
So um, I really don't think it matters. I The reason I don't think it matters because here's my formula for this entire thing now. When you take the fans out of the equation, it moves on to talent, coaching, and preparation. So the best teams are going to, I mean, really, actually, you're going to have less parity. I I actually think that you're going to have less parity because there's going, going to be less of a home field advantage. So that means better teams are going to have to win. So you're so you're arguing that no fans will eliminate. So you're giving fans. So right now you've got fans at a point and a half. Sounds like you want to increase that to like two points, maybe two and a half points of the three points that home teams typically get. Because essentially, are you arguing essentially they're going to be neutral site games? Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to be neutral site games. And we talked about the Super Bowl, but you right. have two good teams in the Super Bowl. So anything can happen, but those are neutral site games. But when you have a team like Pittsburgh or a team like Baltimore going to the New York Giants, I know they're not both going to the New York Giants this year, but you have them going to play the Giants or play the Raven, the Redskins, they're both playing these teams, but it doesn't matter where they play them. The AFC North teams, are those two AFC North teams, are going to be head and shoulders above those other two teams. It so doesn't matter look, where they play them. So let's flip the coin. So, And I like where you're going with this, because you're basically saying if the Steelers are better than a team that they're traveling to, that team doesn't have an advantage of home field which would in turn give the Steelers a much better chance to win the game. So on a, so we're just going to say neutral site, no fans in the stands. Is it impacting? We're going to go through the road games. Would your prediction of the New York Giants game change? No, because I it's definitely going to be a victory. What about the Tennessee Titans? I think that uh I think the Steelers are a better team than Tennessee, but going to Tennessee is going to be tougher when you have those fans. And I think, uh, like I say, cream rises to the top. I think uh, this is going to be a better team. I don't believe that Tana. I, I actually believe Tannehill is a one-hit wonder. Henry is not, but they have the run defense for it. I don't think that they're going to have as much trouble with Tennessee. So you're saying Ryan Tannehill is the equivalent of the football version of the Macarena? <laughs> Macaroni Macarena had 16 weeks at number one, though. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So if this was 1996, uh, just like 2019, they were both rolling the charts. But, uh, you know, I like that. That's that's really nice. I was going to go with uh, Sean Mullins. If you remember Lullaby. <laughs> yes. Yes. You Let's do remember that song? I, vaguely. Vaguely. Everything's. Oh, gonna be yeah. all right. Y- yes, Rockabye. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I bring to the show. Jeff never sang. <laughs> and Jeff said he was a great singer, too. Jeff is a great singer. Je- Jeff is a classically trained singer. Wow. I've heard him sing, actually. He, well, I'd love to see that. He could sing and lift weights uh, at the same time. He He's very talented. So let's... um. Let's go to the Raven game, week seven at Baltimore. No fans in the stands. Does this change your prediction of that game? No, because I think right now Baltimore has the better roster. 
Yes, I do too. Unfortunately, and I'm not being a hater, but I think Baltimore has the better roster. Um, not on both sides of the ball, but I think they have the better roster overall. What about that Dallas Cowboy game, week nine at Dallas? No I fans like in the stands. Not worried about it. But you know what? Here's the thing. You're going to have a lot of Pittsburgh fans in that st- in those stands anyways. Yes, you would. You absolutely so, would in Dallas. So <laughs> I'm being asked to stop singing. Um, do not bring that to the show. <laughs> so, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll think about it. Um, that's it. <laughs> but, you know, here's the thing, Lance. Um, I, I don't even know what my adjusted record is now. But what I'm thinking, and I said this a little bit before, when you look at, you're going to see top standings top heavy and bottom heavy. The eight and eight teams, there's going to be less eight and eight teams, less seven and nine, less nine and seven. I think it's go. Actually, I think the uh, it's not going to be a race to the playoffs as much, and, but it's going to be a true race to the number one overall pick and Mr. Trevor Lawrence. I think there's going to be so many people bad, so many teams battling for that number one spot. And there's just, there's not going to be those middle of the road teams as much. I'll give you a game. I think that'll be interesting because I think you'll say that the Steelers will still beat the Jags. Gardner Minshew is probably the biggest reason there and the disparity and difference between Ben Roethlisberger and Gardner Minshew. You know what? What I picked against them there. Oh, you picked against them. Okay. So in Jacksonville, no fans, no fans. Now Steelers going to Jville. I know the Steelers. I think that's Du. I don't know if that's Duval County. It's Duval, and I went to a game there. I went to a Steeler game there. Seventy-five percent Steeler fans. I mean, there was nobody there for them because they weren't playing well at the time. I mean, I'm talking about the Jags. I get so, what you're. I get where you're going here. But that's just a weird team for them. They've got a little Achilles heel when they when they play that uh, teal and black team. And I, I get your thinking here. This is kind of a reverse thing going on. That that Duval game is really a home game in Florida for the Steelers because there are no Jag fans. Yeah. And so the Steelers won't have their fans in Duval County. But no fans. Is it enough to change it? Because I think you you had them at twelve and four overall. I believe right? eleven and five. And I thought we changed the game. I thought we changed the game to get them to 10 and six. You know what? It It's still, I think it's still enough to change it, but I still think there's going to be that one game that they have no business losing, like to the Jets, to the Jags. Remember 2014 losing at home to, uh, and I know uh, Dave Schofield remembers this because he was at that game, losing at home to the Tampa Bay Bucks and Mike Glennon. You know, yes, yes. there's just... There's those teams that they don't beat sometimes that they're supposed to beat. What about that Buffalo Bills game? What about that Buffalo Bills game? Because I think that Buffalo Bills game is really tight. I think Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills is one of the defenses I think that could arguably be better than the Steelers. I think that's a tough game in December going up to Buffalo. No fans. Does that impact that game at all? Yes, it does. I actually think the fans actually impact that game because these are two teams that are on the same level. The Steelers, actually, really, the Steelers should have beaten 
the Bills last year at the game that Dave Schofield and I went to together. And uh, spooning in that, but uh, two big guys in stadium seats were like cramped together. Um, we were practically spooning, and but we had great seats and watching that game. <laughs> the Steelers were, yeah, yeah. The Steelers were would have been a better team if all things were equal as far as injuries go. Um, and they were in that game. Duck finally showed really that that he wasn't the that he really wasn't the guy and that's where uh where the Cinderella slipper you know just shattered and but I think this year if all th- both teams are healthy I think the Steelers are a better team than Buffalo I, I wouldn't disagree I think the difference has been Roethlisberger yeah I think the defenses are comparable but I think the difference has been so let's get to the last two games the Cincinnati Bengals and the Browns game uh, are at Cincinnati and at Cleveland. Do would you would those results change um, if the if there were no fans in the stands? I'm picking the Steelers to win both of those games. Yeah, um, the only reason that uh, I was picking against them to go to uh, lose to Cleveland in the final game, that's because that could very well be nobody of first uh, first team ilk playing if they've already have a, right. uh, a spot wrapped up. Because remember, here's another thing to remember. That last game is going to mean less to a lot of teams. Yes. Because there's only one team that gets home field advantage this year, not two. Right. right. So there's going to be a lot of spots wrapped up earlier where, I mean, you have the situation last year when you needed the Chiefs to lose last year. You needed teams to lose but because um and then again the texans didn't really have to play anybody the texans could have very easily beaten the titans they didn't have to play half those guys why right because they they already had a spot wrapped up right right if i summarize everything that you're saying bad correct me if i'm wrong home field advantage doesn't mean much for good teams Home field advantage means much more for bad teams. I, that for bad teams, it gives them that little bit of however you want to quantify it and however you want to associate how much of the three points. But it, it it assists bad teams more than good teams. And so if there are no fans in the stands, good teams are going to kill road bad road teams because they don't have that home field advantage because there's no fans in the stands. Let me summarize the bad stand this way. It makes good teams better. It makes good home teams better and it makes bad home teams better. So home field advantage means something, but but if there's no fans, it's going to come down to who's more prepared who's better coached, and who has more talent. So that's good for the Steelers. Yeah. And that's going to be good for good teams like Baltimore, uh, who's playing a really bad schedule this year, along with the Steelers playing a bad schedule. I think you're right. I think you hit it right on the head that I think the cream is going to rise. And I think this is going to be a year, if there are no fans in the stands, where you're going to get a lot of repeat teams that went to the playoffs last year, unlike most years 
where it's kind of topsy-turvy and kind of switches. If you were really good last year, you're going to be really good next year because you're going to be going to on the road and it's not going to really be a road game. And, you know, Kansas City going somewhere, you know, that def- that offense being able to check out into every type of play that it wants because they don't have to do silent counts on the road. They're going to beat you half to death because, you know, they can get into any play that they want and if they'll find a good one and they'll take advantage of you. So because I think in, in, in total, in summary, I don't think it changed your predictions that much. I think there were maybe one or two games here or there that home field advantage made any difference. I could actually see I could actually upgrade them to 12 and four. But those four is not because of uh, where they're playing. It's just me being cautious and me being a fan of 40 plus years and knowing that things happen. Yeah, it's interesting. And I wanted to talk about this because I know that the way this season is going, the whole issue of fans in the stands is completely up in the air. And I've probably gone through it in my mind several times as to does it make sense? Should they do it? Should they don't? I'm probably on the fence that there probably should not be fans in the stands. Or if there will be fans in the stands, you wait as long as you need to until some things change in regards to the virus. So if you want to put fans in the stands in the last four games, you do it then. You just continue to punt the ball um, as far as you can to where you figure out it's going to be safe. But it will be interesting. And I got a couple of comments in the live chat about crowd noise, about pumping in crowd noise. What's your thought on that? That that I mean, what's your thought? I think it'll just be more of a production. What do you think the production changes would be on a broadcast if there were no fans in the stands? What would they show us in between snaps or TV? I mean, what would they show us? So here's here's the thing. And everybody knows if you've been following me on this, that I'm a wrestling geek and I've, I still watch WWE. I watch AEW. I watch that stuff. And they had WrestleMania this year, Lance with no fans in there whatsoever in a hollow building. And it was just not fun to watch. It was, you did not have that. The fans in wrestling make it so much better because I mean, you can't, amp up the uh the the craziness and the uh reacting to the crowd and getting the crowd fired up you can't because that's a part of the production for here not having fans here it's it's gonna be like watching a hollow game i still think there's going to end up being some sort of fans in there but we're just not going it's gonna be hollow and the the fans add I, I don't want to call it ambiance, but the fans add a part of the fever to the game, and the fans add the production. If you put can crowd noise in, it's the same as having a laugh track on a comedy show. If you're watching <laughs> Happy Days, and uh, you know that that just helps enhance it there, but it's not going to really enhance the game. But it's still going to be you're going to know it's fake, and you're going to know it's hollow. Um, yeah, for, yeah, for me, I'm, 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 for me, like, I don't, I don't consume a bunch of live games. I, I've gone to my fair share of Steeler games. I've gone to games in Three Rivers. I've gone to games at Heinz. I've gone to my fair share. I'm pretty much at a point where 
the only live game that I want to go to is a Super Bowl. I mean, I've been to playoff games. I mean, I, that's just kind of where I am. I've been fortunate enough to be able to go to them on the road at home. I mean, I've just seen a bunch of games, right? I don't, I don't really have a desire to be there live. Um, you know, I mean, it gets, you know, I, people have different strokes for different folks. I mean, you know, when I go, I try to avoid the crazies, you know, people complaining about Tomlin while they're drunk and inebriated. I mean, it's just not a great experience. <laughs> it's just not a great experience, you know, for me at, at, at some times. But what about the production that you watch on TV? You know, how do you think they will alter that broadcast if we get to the point where there's no fans in the stands? Because I had I had no issue with the draft. I thought the draft was equally entertaining. With yeah. no players there. Uh, and no fans booing draft picks. I mean, I, I I thought the draft was equally entertaining. Yeah, it, it it really was, and that's that's big coming from a guy who hates the draft because <laughs> I know you yeah, don't like the I, draft. I, I mean, actually, it was kind of you know it was kind of entertaining. I, I want to bring this up real quick. Mark Davison says this, and as you know, Mark, he's uh, living on the uh, land down under. And he wrote, it's bad, fellas. The National Rugby League has it here, and the public dislikes it. And, you know, so I just don't like the the idea of canned fans. I really don't think that that's going to do anything for the players. Um, I, I think it's just going to be natural, and it's going to look weird on television, like uh, anything that isn't the usual production that you get. But the bottom line is we will forget about that, Lance, when when they're driving down the field and they're scoring. But what Absolutely. you're not what you're not gonna see is you're not gonna see Lambo leaps in Green Bay. You're not gonna see them tossing tossing a ball to a fan a fan. Remember Heinz Ward always looked for that that number eighty six jersey to give him the ball. You know, if you were wearing an eighty six jersey, you were more likely to get a ball from Heinz Ward back in the day. Um so I think the fans add so much to the entertainment value of it. I think they will take away, let's put it this way. We're going to lose out more as fans watching it at home than the players will. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. I mean, it's not going to impact the quality of the play. I mean, not at all. I mean, it's, you know, it's not going to impact the quality of the play. The play will still be good. Um, I, I think they will figure out a way to deal with it on a live broadcast. And too, I think it's Ariel 75. Players are not going to take a pay cut. You may see players get cut due to a fact of lost revenue, but players aren't going to take a pay cut. Uh, they're, they're not going to take a pay cut as well. And from a public and just from a public standpoint, in terms of um, just. You know, just from a public standpoint, I mean, I don't know if 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 teams want to incur the pushback publicly if a bunch of people get sick in the stadium going to a football game. I mean, that that that's just the worst. But I think where we're at bad is, and, and, I, and I'm glad of your conclusion that good teams are just going to be good teams, and you know, bad teams just won't have that advantage if it is an advantage. And the cream is going to rise to the top. And, and and I think that's where it is. I think that's where it is. I think that, you know, home field, it's not going to make a, a tremendous amount of difference. But, you know, you're going to go on the road and you'll be able to get into your offense and light teams up 
because you won't have to use silent counts. It's not loud. You'll be able to get into your playbook, do whatever you want, and get after teams. Is anything you want to add before we get out of here, Bad? Before we do, let's bring up Snowman here. Who do you see a surprise cut at the end of camp? Great show, fellas, from our uh, our good friend Snowman throws in $5 to us. Lance, you want to go ahead and uh, give us your thoughts on that? I'm a surprise cut. Jalen Samuels. I'll say Jalen Samuels would be a surprise cut for me. I would actually uh, – I'll go with you on that. I, I really like that as far as uh, – as a possibility. Um, that's probably who I was going with. I'll go with, uh, I don't think this is going to happen, but if I have to throw one out there, I'll throw out, uh, Ryan Switzer. Actually, no, let me change that. Let me change that's that. Not a surprise. That Jordan Barry. Jordan, Jordan Barry. That would be a surprise. Ryan Switzer should absolutely be, you know, how I feel about the electronic <laughs> football, man. Before we get out of here, bad, you want to <laughs> tease your show tomorrow? You yeah. Guys know so what you guys are going to talk about. So tomorrow night, we're going to have uh, the uh, debut of Michael Beck on the uh, Steelers preview, along with Dave Schofield and I. Um, we are going to. Uh, I, I'm not going to. I'm going to let it be a surprise for you what the topic's mm. going to be. That's just because I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, Actually, sure. de definitely tune in and uh, and remember that uh, the entire BTC fam BTSC family of podcasts, they're growing. And uh, we are adding a lot more talent to the roster. We're adding a lot more. We're going to have more shows. And we're going to have a lot of fun. We have some special guests that we're, we're just uh, working on shoring up. And we've already been in contact with uh, a current Steeler, a couple former Steelers, so there's there's some things out there. As you saw uh, a couple of weeks ago, Michael Beck had Chase Claypool in an audio interview, not on YouTube, but had him there. Um, it, it's something that uh, we're really ramping things up, and it's all about giving you great content, and we're going to have it. Let me tease something, too, before I send us out. We were talking about, I think, off-air about if we wanted to keep the Homer and the Hater title for the show. Let me get your thoughts for the Sunday show. You guys, you guys want us to keep the Homer and the hater. I was thinking about this title for a show, the Steelers pulpit, the pulpit, the Steelers pulpit, because it's on Sunday. We'll be talking Steelers oh, football, okay. the Steelers pulpit. I, uh, yeah, Just we can throw that out there. I want to throw that out there. And that Steelers just, you know, at, uh, at St. Rooney's. <laughs> there you go. The Steelers pulpit at St. Rooney's. You know, not um, St. Vincent's, but St. Rooney's. There, there you go. My email is uh, my BTS email is uh, St. Myron, actually. Um, uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, we we could we could keep looking at it. I know I have a lot of Homer qualities as well. Um, as long as we're on together, I don't care what it's called, but uh, anybody want to throw in some uh, name ideas? That's cool. But I like that. I really like that a lot, Lance. Yeah. yeah. But with that, listeners, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. I urge everybody out there to stay safe. Uh, COVID-19 is real. Stay safe. Make sure you keep your family safe. Also, again, want to send my thoughts and prayers out to the family of George Floyd. Everybody stay safe. Let's come together. Let's be as one. Let the nation take care of the nation. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe.